This week's show with Andrea Santiamo, one of the new owners and the editor of Needlepoint Now magazine, is sponsored by Cyberpointers and Sassy Jack Stitchery. Cyberpointers is the only online chapter of the American Needlepoint Guild. Membership is open to all members of the National ANG organization, and meetings are conducted every other month and run completely online via an email group's I.O. program. Cyberpointers provides stitching opportunities through meeting programs and workshops. Upcoming meeting programs include Corners and Curves by Lorene Salt, led by chapter member Terry Sanders, Dia Variations by Kate Festo, in which you'll learn Rosashi on traditional Japanese gauze, Ornaway Americana Style by Jennifer Reifenberg, which brings silk and metal techniques of motif-based pattern couching to a folk art, Americana style, and Fantastic by Debbie Rowley. Swirls of bold colors pop in this octagon of fan shapes, creating a fantastic project. Several sizes and shapes of Jessica's, Amadea stitches, and Fern stitches provide an opportunity to learn symmetry and ease of stitching. Workshops planned for the 2023-2024 calendar include designs from Curdy Biggs, Don Donnelly, Tony Gertis, Kathy Reese, and Gail Stafford. Be sure to check out Cyberpointers website at cyberpointers.org. Also sponsoring this week's show is Sassy Jack Stitchery. If you've ever done remodeling, especially on a historic structure, you fully understand what Kim and company are dealing with as they work to open their new store in the Baird House. According to a recent report from Kim, they are just about done clearing hurdles and the shop opening is on the horizon. Join the Sassy Jack's Facebook page to get the latest information. And in the meantime, be sure to check out sassyjackstitchery.com for a broad selection of charts, including the full collection of Sassafras samplers. While you're there, join the Cosmos Thread Club. It's a great way to build up a stash of beautiful cotton floss. If your significant other is wondering what to buy you for your birthday, Valentine's Day, or any other holiday, they can't go wrong with a Sassy Jack's gift certificate. Make Sassy Jack Stitchery your local needlework store by visiting the website at sassyjackstitchery.com. And now, on to our conversation with Andrea Santiamo. Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr. And I'm Beth Ellicott. You're listening to Fiber Talk, the twice-weekly podcast for the needlework artists. Our artist this week, the new owner and editor of Needlepoint Now, Andrea Santiamo. Andrea, welcome. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Wow, you bought a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. And big shoes to fill with Elizabeth, so. Um, yep, yep. A lot of years she had that. Um, she did. Yeah. She did a great job with it. Yeah. So. So how does this come about that you you decide to buy the magazine? You guys just sitting around killing time and need something to do? or <laughs> Actually, I retired from the Board of Education. I was a special ed teacher. I was in conversation with Elizabeth. Um, that night I had a conversation with my daughter, who's a millennial. You know, she's young. She's also a stitcher. And I asked if she would be interested in doing it. She was. I then spoke with Karen Sanicola who she and I did a lot of work together for years on charity events. And I asked her if she would be interested. And the three of us uh, all partnered up 
to take on the challenge. <laughs> quite a challenge, quite a challenge to put out a magazine. It is. It's um, it's different than anything all of us have. I was a special ed teacher. Uh, Karen works with hospital administration and overseeing doctor's offices. And my daughter is in fashion. She works for Karl Lagerfeld of Paris mm. and his corporate So we have all different, but our common denominator is that we all have a love for Needlepoint. Yeah. So no, uh, no magazine publishing background then? No magazine publishing. Yeah. I was at of my yearbooks for both high school and college other than that just a love of needlepoint and wanting to promote it oh, that's great that's great so you you uh a needle pointer from day one or have you progressed through several categories <laughs> i've been needle pointing since i'm about eight um there we go. yeah um nobody in my family needle pointed but my mom and my grandmother were very creative um they were craftsy and they encouraged me to do the same um, and I picked up a canvas and the lady at the store taught me how to do, you know, your basic tent continental. And then that time it was in hand stitching and I just took it from there. And as I, I started reading and I started looking at books and I started adding some to my repertoire of stitches and I've developed over the years. That's great. Wow. It, but see, it, you know, we, we run into this all the time. It's the creative families. Right. You know, it's the the environment more than it is whatever the art form. Yeah. Well, I think it has to be nurtured, right? So right. you have people surrounding you to, you know, encourage you to do that kind of work, right? So right. And I have a lot of support even from my family. You know, my brother and my sister-in-law, the best thing you could give them is one of a needlepoint for Christmas. The year I didn't give them a needlepoint, they're like, what happened to my gift? <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, that's that's nice that they appreciate it still too, you know. Instead yeah. well, of the, it's work. So you know, you you give it to people who you appreciate, as you know, I'm sure, right? You you give it right. to people who understand the time, and so it is nice when the family members all realize. You know, my nieces and nephews were getting married; they all wanted Christmas stockings, and they're like, "All right, you're going to take care of that, right?" <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but there'll be something that they have forever, which is a great thing. Right. That. That's the beauty of Needlepoint, right? Yep. It is. Yeah, it's you'll take cool. care of that. Yeah, I have that for you next month. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because, you know, my daughter just got married and um, I made a pillow for every holiday and every season. So I had a huge display and I drew a lot of interest at the shower with people who are now interested in joining Needlepoint because they didn't think it was that kind. You know, Needlepoint's changed over the years and yeah. what they imagine it to be, you know? So it's always nice when people appreciate what you've done. Yep. Yeah, it has changed a lot. I mean, that, that was what I first started doing uh, on, uh, what was it, 13 count with wool right. thread. Yeah. Wool thread in hand, right? You didn't yep. use right. back in the day, right? Nope. So, right. right. I just cleaned, I was helping clean my mother's house, and I came across a lot of my old first things that I stitched. She still had them all, and I was like, oh, Things have changed since. <laughs> 100%. Sure. I mean, even just the type of stitches that you do. And, you know, right. you did a basic stitch and you thought what you what you were doing as a basic stitch, you know. Even threads. I mean, remember walking into the Staten Island store and there was Pearl Cotton, there was Patanan, and there was Chronic. And yep. the ribbon was on a roll, if you remember, back in the day. And they had the little 
the netting that went over it to keep it contained, you know, it's changed. So, and for the better, for the better, I think. (laughs) And for the better, right. It's evolved like everything else. It evolves. Now, do you do primarily painted canvas? I do primarily painted, but I also do my own design work on some counted. I do a lot of Bargello designs. Ah. Um, I happen to like Bargello. I happen to think, you know, I combine some of the stitches. I combine some of the patterns. But I do primarily, you know, ca- painted pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Bargello, that was one of, <laughs> after my, my initial tent stitch, that I actually had it on on a scroll frame, and when I took it off, um, <laughs> it it became a diamond instead of a square. <laughs> but, happens, right? Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to do Bargello now than it was back in the day. Um, yeah. You know, because you have the bars and everything else. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've I've done my own some of my own painting on canvases and definitely the Bargello's design. So I come up with some things and. I've been t- I've taught at a shop in New Jersey, so I sometimes de- will design the piece that they do, so that they can learn a variety of stitches. Ah, that's so. great. Well, the well, the first time I came across you was when you um, offered the um, patchwork of peace, patchwork. the revised, yeah, right. It was it was a revised version, and actually, that's how Karen got involved with needlepoint. Um, she saw, I posted a picture of a a design that I had stitched and she's like, I really want to learn how to do needlepoint. I want to, I I did it years ago. I want to come back. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, you know, we're doing, you know, the patchwork a piece and it's, it'll give you a lot of stitches and you'll learn. And she said it was probably the best thing she's ever done because it was so many stitches and we revised the old guide and, it was a lot of people doing it across the country. I think we had something like 400 people, a little over 400 people doing it. So it was right. fun. Well, yeah. I haven't done mine yet. It's still sitting. Um, but I did find it. I did find it. So that's always a, a, a good a good sign. I always say you know, someday you pick it up and you'll just you'll know it's the right time to start stitching it, right? Right. Absolutely. I donated mine to a charity where they auctioned it off. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. And so, so then your your daughter, you pass this on to your daughter too. That's uh it's always a crapshoot as to whether the, <laughs> the kids pick it up. So she um she started doing it when she was little. Um and then she's you know, every once in a while life gets busy. I mean, you know, it's like even for us adults, right? right. Hit different stages of our lives and we put it down. And she picked it up again and she just got married in October and she made each one of the bridesmaids a clutch. Oh. It was the day of the wedding, all in needlepoint. And the girls were taken away and blown away by it, you know. So she did pearl work and beads, and she did a wonderful job. That's great, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so so much more meaningful than something from a store, yeah. Yeah, I think that they – and some of the girls have used it at, you know, weddings since and events that they've gone on. So it's it's something they'll always have, yeah. right? That's great. Yep. So what? So you wanted to buy needlepoint now? Uh, is it? I mean, is it something you'd looked at for some time? Or uh, no, it's not something. But I, I always, I always believe that you know, it's a great community. 
Needlepoint is a Needlepointers are a phenomenal community. I've met some of the the nicest people, and I've met some of my dearest friends all across the country going to classes. And I thought promoting the art would be a wonderful thing to do, and it would be something that I could share. I had I you know I did know people across. I used to run retreats and I did events and. I thought it would be a good segue in getting people still involved in needlepoint and the art. Yeah, that well, I mean, it's it's what? How how old is that magazine? It's well, Elizabeth had it for thirteen years, yeah. and then um, Joyce had it for quite a few years prior to that. So, yeah, probably about twenty five years, I would think at least. For for any hobby magazine, that's impressive. Um, most. I mean, it's a treasure in the in the industry, right? I mean, both previous owners made it something that everybody wanted to have, right? So keeping it going is is I think something that's a necessity. Yeah. yeah. So. So so you're the editor. How does it all break down in terms of who does what? <laughs> so I'll other than I, everybody dig in because we got to get the next issue out. <laughs> right. So I serve as editor. I'll I'll pull content that I think I will research. You know, I spent hours upon hours over the spring and summer looking at canvases and and then we would have a meeting and I kind of propose canvases um, to see what everybody thought. You know, Marissa does more of the um, social media targeting some of our younger members, um, encouraging our older members, you know, senior people to also be involved. But she tar- she's hoping with the social media that will target more millennials. She also does oversees the advertising. Then mm-hmm. uh, Karen is like the finance person. She'll take care of all of the um, all of the subscriptions and the databases and getting all invoices out. So she's more the financial end, but I'll come up with ideas and then we'll have a meeting a couple times a month and I propose and then I get their input to see what they think. But in, in terms of content and producing the magazine, that's, that's on you. huh? That's pretty much on me. Yeah. So not bad for a special, you know, I started writing the newsletter. I'm like, not bad for a special ed teacher, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but I, I, you know, we're trying to change, you know, we don't want to change the magazine. The magazine's a phenomenal magazine. We just, we're just going to put a different spin on it, right? Everybody adds a little bit of a different flair when right. they when they take on something. So, you know, I I always held back on previous order, you know, magazines when it was a theme, and maybe that was a theme I didn't do, right? Um, so we're kind of going to kind of stay away from themes as a total trying to make sure that every issue has things that a variety of stitchers would like. Um, so that maybe there's something in each magazine that you would care for. Mm, excellent. You know, if you don't do like, I'm very patriotic. I do a lot of patriotic, but if you don't do patriotic, then the whole July issue of being patriotic would be a tough one, you know? Yep. So, right. Or you don't do, um, Halloween or you don't do Christmas, right. any of those major ones, you know, and then percent or Easter, right? Or right. you're not really into leprechauns or, you know, <laughs> right. it, so, 
I'm thinking about, and, and also we have such a vast group of people of all different nationalities and religions and th- to, to kind of keep it anything with a religious tone or a holiday tone that's related to a religion or we kind of, we're going to be very respectful of that, you know? Yeah. So. Well, that's, you know, that's the way, that's the way you have to do editorial content is exactly that. You got to think about your whole audience because it's real easy to get, sucked into a trap of uh, the Christmas issue and the Easter issue and the 4th of July issue and uh, the, you know, the landscape issue or any number of things. Yeah. And you cut out your audience. Uh, right. Because if you don't do that, like I, for a very long time, didn't do flowers, anything right. with flowers. I do them now. I'm sure Beth and Gary, you had a certain type of look that you went for. Our interests right. change as we go along, right? So right. if you don't do flowers, but the whole issue has a lot of flowers in it, then we, we we didn't give you an opportunity to use that resource of the magazine to your best interest, right? So we're hoping that everybody feels like there's a little bit of a slice of everything. And we're hoping, you know, we've been in contact with a lot of different designers, getting a lot of different voices of you know styles of canvases in and um so we hope it works you know we've been getting a lot of positive feedback for it and uh all the stores know they received an email from me two weeks ago giving them an update of what is what painted canvases are going to be in the next three issues this way they have the ability to have it in their shops Mm -hmm. want to you know um I keep thinking if I was a shop owner and I have the magazine sitting on my counter, why would I not want one of those canvases in my shop that someone comes in looking for, you know? Right. So, right. so we're, we're hoping to target a larger group of audience and more interests along the way. Well, so. I have, I have to admit you sucked me in when I saw the, um, <laughs> the re. Andrea, uh, Andrea, that's a low bar. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Well, as a needle, are you harassing me? No, all of the bars are low as needle pointers, right? We we get sucked in pretty easily. Right. But, well, it, yeah, the the wreath is is gorgeous, and um, I've been I've been following people on Instagram, um, like Stitcher's Garden, um, the one in um, Illinois, except in Chicago, I can't remember what town. You know, I like it that you're incorporating the shops into it because. Um, we like you, you know, we want to encourage the industry, not just one part of it, but all across. You know, any shops I've been talking to and anybody I've been talking to, the magazine is a resource, right? And it's to promote shops. It's to promote designers and it's to educate and, and promote stitching. Right. Mm-hmm. So working all together when I had done, um, I don't know if you had seen me over the summer, I had done what I called the pilgrimage. I went to like 13 stores in like three days um, traveling up the coast. Yes, and one, I saw that. One, <laughs> I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great trip. The, one thing that a lot of the shop owners were saying to me is they were having a hard time getting people into their shop since COVID. In talking to stitchers from all over, they're missing the fellowship. So when we spoke to Cam about having her wreath in the magazine, um, I thought that this would be able to combine both and us working together and partnering with shops across the country. And it kind of blew up. It just, it was, 
everybody's enjoying it. And we're getting tons of emails, how they're enjoying their working with people again, whether it's virtual or it's in a shop or, you know, um, shops have people in there. I was at the Edwardian Needle on Saturday and she had all her people there. They were all sitting there doing their stitching and who brought stash and, you know, they had the support if they needed it. And it was great. They were, they were very, very excited. So I'm happy that it was a big success, you know, and that it was right. so well. We're, we're about community, right? It, and, and the magazine's supposed to be about community. So, and I'm a big supporter of that. Yeah, and and what I liked about the wreath is that it's it's got a, such a nice variety of stitches that if you're a beginner and you want to expand your repertoire, um, some people are doing it as just little squares. So you don't have to do the whole leaf. You can just do like a little sampler of all those stitches. And you've now built a resource. Right. You know, you've built like a resource that's your own and you can look at that. That's great. I saw somebody on Saturday who was doing all the all the stitches in in dreidels. Oh, what a great idea. She had all individual dreidels drawn Mm -hmm. um, instead of her leaves. And she was going to make like a little banner. And she was going to hang it as though it was just going to be like a drape across a fireplace or her doorway or whatever. And it was a great idea, right? Yep. People are changing colors. And I know that Cam, who designed it, Cam Wensloff, um, she's already started stitching another one, but in a totally different colorway because she was so blown away by the colors. <laughs> so yeah. it's exciting. It's, it's, it's exciting to see what people have brought to the table and all the different colors and the different perspectives they have on what they could do. So it's been wonderful. You know, and everybody's sharing their talents and what they've developed, you know, with everybody, which is even better. It's it's so cool to hear you talk about this because it, as a former teacher and, you know, magazine editor, I've, I've been editing trade magazines forever. And I always view it as not appreciably different from teaching. It's just a different classroom and a different medium for delivering the information. You're right, 100%. I think once you're a teacher, you're always a treat teacher in everything yes. you do, right? Um, and the one thing that we've gotten so many wonderful emails, and a lot of them are loving the teaching points and the glossary, and that just comes from my background, right? right. You know, you, you know, maybe somebody doesn't understand that, so let's explain that part. And But you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the education, educating your your your, your readers and so the background does help, I think. Oh, I, I think without a doubt. I mean, I, I've, I've always believed that, that teachers are, in terms of the business world, one of the great untapped resources because of the, the skills and knowledge you have to have to stand in front of a classroom mm-hmm. and, and execute a lesson. Uh, you know, that just applies everywhere. And understanding how people learn and being able to deliver that is is it's a powerful set of tools. And when you have a magazine that you can put in front of people and deliver that kind of knowledge, it's, it really makes a difference. I think you also think about it. I'm sure maybe you agree with me. Like um, when you're looking at, you're looking at all different learning styles too, right? So, you know, as a special ed teacher, I always looked at different learning styles, you know, something in print, something visual, they're hearing it. So they're getting it through different media sources. They're getting it, all different ways, even in the magazine, 
I think that that's crucial too, because we're all different types of learners. You know, when we, when you see the next issue, um, we did the stitch guys in three different ways in the next issue, because not everybody really wants to read a full, a full paragraph of text, you know? Right. So one of them that was done, we're doing the umbrella girl by painted pony. And that's in a chart form. This is the area. This is the thread. This is the stitch. This is what, you know, and, and then all the charts follow it. So that's a different format. So we'll kind of get a feel of what people like, right? Another one's more like the leaves this time is in bullet form. It's the name of the leaf and the, the leaf and the stitch. What two threads or three threads or whatever you're using in bullet form, the image, the chart. So we'll see what, you know, it'll hit all different learning styles. Not everybody wants to read all that text or they may have to read it a couple of times, but if it's in chart form, you know, it's very concise and a lot of people like that better. So we'll see, we'll see what, what, what the feedback is from it. That's a great idea because you're right. So people learn in so many different ways and, and to be able to hit those areas and I'm curious, how are you going to use your website? I know noticed that you were you said something about the leaves. Um, well, the finishing instructions are on there. Uh, the partnering, when you go in there, you could see who's partnering with us because, um, of course, we always want to support those people. Um, there's also finishing instructions in there with and Cam did photos to match the the steps of the directions. So that's also in there. We're going to be putting together, I just started sending uh, Bill, who used to work for Elizabeth, still works for us, and he's overseeing the website, and he helps us with all the charting, um, and he does some of the phone calling that Marissa can't do for advertising during the day when she's at work. Um, so he'll be putting in photos. So as people start, we're encouraging people to send us pictures of those leaves and let us you know, highlight them. And we're asking stores to send us pictures when they do their clubs and we'll put them in the, in the, on the website. Um, we were very excited. One or two people sent us pictures of a piece that was in the January issue that they did. And we're going to put that as another page, like almost like a museum so that their work can be highlighted a little bit. And, you know, I think everybody likes to have their work appreciated, right? So it'll give, you know, the resources there. It, we've also now gone digital. Um, so millennials, one of the comments that they had made to my daughter and to myself was that they don't want a hard copy. They really, they want to be able to sit on a bus or on a train and open up the app and be able to read the magazine on an app or, you know, through their phone. So we've already gone digital with a digital subscription. So the year 2023, you could subscribe to all six issues and you'll be able to keep that for the duration, just like you would your magazine, but it'll be on a little bookshelf in your little, in, when you log on. And we've had great response from the millennials. You know, a lot of them have jumped on board with the digital. So, you know, we're trying to make the, the website a little bit more interactive and offering it, you know, and that's just putting a younger person's spin on it, right? My daughter is young and she's like, we got to make this whole website more user-friendly 
and what are they going on there for? Let them get resources and stitches and things like that. So, so good to hear that because that is is at least for me is a great concern is that if we don't find ways to draw young people in, this hobby will just simply go away, and uh, and that's how you do it. You got to, I think Debbie Rowley said it. You know, you got to go where the where the young people are at. You got to go find them, and you got to reach out to them to uh, uh, to get them involved. And that, so there you go, putting it on and, their tablets. And and again, that's how they that's that's the best way that they learn, and the best way they're so used to doing everything digitally. You have to offer that resource at this point. It's or we're going to shut out that entire group of, of people. And we want them to grow, and we want them to grow with stitchers. So, right, you know, I think it was a crucial piece to add to it. You know, so it, that just went live about a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, Excellent. that's exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting news. That's great news. So, yeah. So, how are you envisioning the magazine's makeup? Uh, mainly projects still, or are you bringing in other things to? Uh, add some more dimension to the to the content. Well, we're, we've, we've invited everyone to write for us, right? Anybody who wants to, we got rid of what was called like those department heads so that, you know, I want everyone to feel like it's a community magazine, right? It's not just my magazine and I get to put whatever I want in there. So we want people from all walks of life who have, Needlepoint knowledge. I mean, there's so many stitchers out there who have so much to offer that they're like, we have to tap those as resources for everybody, you know? So we've been asking people to submit and write for us. And we've gotten quite a few new people to write, which is great. So we'll encourage them. We want the people who used to write for us. We want to continue them. And they've all been, everybody's been approached and encouraged to write and be part of us still. We're going to I'm going to try to also incorporate um, some smaller projects in there. You know, not everybody does big projects. So like in the ones, the issue we have coming up in March, um, there's the self-finishing clutches in there. And one of the shops, they took two of the same canvases and did two different stitch guides for the same canvas for that new designer. Mm -hmm. So we're going to target some of those millennial designers as well. Like there's some, a whole bunch of new young girls that's really attracting our millennials into Needlepoint. And we're going to try to get them in. So we're going to try to add a few little extra small projects. It won't be, let's say, five or six like this one. I think March we have seven, seven projects in there. Mm -hmm. Counted, painted, a variety of different things just to try to attract different interests. And we'll see how we grow. We'll see what feedback is, and we'll see how we can add to it and make it better, right? It's always having that door open to make things better. Well, you know, that's the thing with uh, with magazines is you have to let them evolve. I've seen the mistake many times where people, this is our magazine, this is how we do it, and good luck changing it. And you, you, you can't do that. You have to let it evolve. You have to let it mold itself to the audience. And I I think so. Just like our needlepoint has is, is changed over the years, right? We we had to be open to that. You know, at one time I didn't do any open stitch work. I'm sure you 
you also, the two of you didn't do open stitch work, but I wouldn't dream of not having a canvas that didn't have open stitch work at this point, right? Mm. You have to be willing to open and try new things, new styles. And the same thing with the magazine. I think we have to grow as it as it grows. We take in maybe a little bit of a new look, maybe a new category that we think everybody is loving. So we're open to it. You know, and by encouraging people to share what they have, I, I think you'll that'll automatically evolve. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, because you don't want to be, you know, like you said, the industry changes and, and you know, you want to change with the industry and, 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 and grow with it and not go against it. Right. What's we happening. don't want the industry to die. You know, right. it, the only way for that to happen is to be willing to evolve with it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want these young girls to be stitching, you know, we want, we want new, new people. I, I went to the shop on Saturday for the first leaf event in Jersey. Um, and I, I would tell you probably about 70% of them were brand new stitchers. Oh, excellent. They had never, and they weren't young, you know, they were middle-aged people. They're, they're retiring, they're retired and they're looking for a hobby. You know, and I think it was great. You know, we, we just brought in new people, you know, and who brought in their daughter with them. So I I think there's a lot of room for growth in the needlepoint world. I just think everybody has to be willing to do it, you know. So we're going to do our part. Yeah, that that's great that, uh, yeah, we just got simply got to find ways to get new people, young people in and get and not not just to taste it, but to get involved and get excited about it. And, and you're right. There are a lot of young uh, needlepoint canvas designers, uh, Mm -hmm. young ladies who are, are doing really great work. And uh, yeah, we need to feed those to the feed those to the stitchers. Yeah. Right. I I mean, they, and you know, I know there's a whole group. I I, I know a group in New Jersey who they do all small. They, a lot of them do clutches constantly. But these young girls, you know, the one comment my daughter made is don't make all the canvases be big canvases. <laughs> yeah, girls, millennials are stitching on a bus or stitching on a train or they need a small piece or, you know, they're sitting outside waiting for their kids to come out. Of, and I, I mean, I was a, I used to do the same thing when my son was in wrestling or my daughter was in cheerleading. I was sitting there with a small canvas sitting in my car waiting for them to come out and I was stitching. Right. 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 And I was just, I was just at the airport and I was, I was doing cross stitch, but I was like, I have to have a, something small that's easy to put away. You and know, she, you have to keep thinking that way, mom, because these girls are traveling or they, they're going on a business trip and they want to pack something small with them. And so it's all, it's opening your eyes up to new different things. Right. So when we look at canvases, we're incorporating a lot of smaller canvases as well as extra pieces in the magazine. Um, we've changed the one big change I think we've done is, um, we're now encouraging shops to do the stitch guide writing, you know, in my pilgrimage over the summer. I mean, there were some amazingly talented shops, you know, I, I walk in and I'm like, I was in awe of some of the work that they had. And if you didn't go to their shop, you wouldn't know it. Right. right. So what we started to do was ask shops to start stitch guiding the pieces to to showcase their work right and to showcase what they do in their shop 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think that they've been enjoying it, you know, and I think that, you know, quite a bit of the feedback that we've gotten is people are enjoying the fact that they're getting different shops from across the country to stitch guide the pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Um, so I think that that's, that's a way for shops to also showcase their work and promote their work as well. You know, and if you like their work, maybe you're going to go onto their website and see what classes they offer. Again, promoting them. Right. Well, if, they're tra- you know, it, if you're traveling by them, you can go and stop in and see what they have um, as things open up even more. And yeah. those are the two key areas, uh, the young people and shops. We've got to, There's got to be a, a way to keep the shops going and support them and keep people walking in their doors and ordering from them. 100%. Yeah. it's uh, and, You know, it's come hard, I think, with the whole COVID, where everything has become social media related. So it's like sometimes it looks like it's a frenzy because everybody in creation has the same things on their websites, you know. But when you walk into a shop in a brick and mortar, you really see a personality of the location and of the person who owns the shop. So I always find that fascinating that you really get a good flair for the person who owns the shop and the people who work there when you walk into one. And I think there's nothing like walking into a shop and being able to see threads and touch them and look at canvases up close. And we have to support our brick and mortar. So we were hoping that by having shops get involved with our canvases that that would do that. That would help that along the way. Yeah, it sounds like like the, you you're doing an excellent job of of laying the groundwork to for the magazine to be at the core of a lot of of outreach and interaction in in all the elements of the of the hobby and uh, just help everybody feed each other and develop that community. Yeah, you know, I said to shops, you have you have at least five to seven stitch guides in each magazine you can make a class and you don't have to do a lot of work for that right everybody has their magazine they sit down and you could do a class with a canvas the may issue the front cover of the magazine was stitch guided by tony maneri i mean any shop owner um could certainly run that as a class you know help have help support them in, in, in with that particular canvas it's a beautiful canvas it's from the collection. It's a Paul Brent design. And Tony did a fabulous stitch guide for it. So um, I, I think that the more they use that even as a resource, I think it's going to help shops. It takes a little bit of burden of what they have to come up and think about. You know, it's already been thought out for them, right. you know. Right. And as a teacher, I always appreciated that when some something came down the pike and it made life a little easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't right. that the truth? Yep. yep. Right. Well, that, you know, and that's just it. The, the the shop people, I mean, anybody who owns a shop learns that the vast majority of your time is, is just ordering and doing paperwork and administrative work. And uh, you, you may have big plans to do all kinds of exciting things that bring stitchers in, but I need 10 minutes to get it organized. And so when you present them with, all right, here's a, Here's a class. Make it happen. Um, yeah, it's, right. yeah, it makes it. And, and then that feeds more people into their store, and the whole thing just everybody wins. Right. Yes. 
You know, I mean, logic tells you, I mean, I, I'm sure both of you are the same. When I'm, I go into a shop, I can't leave with nothing. No. <laughs> I, I never leave with something. You know, I hit 13 shops and, the, you know, I was with the man I'm seeing and he's like, you bought more stuff? He goes, you literally can have a store. And I'm like, I can't walk into a shop and not support a brick and mortar. I can't, you know, whether I bought canvases or I bought threads or I bought whatever I bought, I, I would never walk out of a shop and not spend money because I want that shop to stay open, right? So. Yeah, help, yeah, help them, help them. Anyway, I, I, I love your justification. That That's perfect. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I'm going with that. I totally I'm going with that. that. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I just buy stuff because I want it. But no, I'm going with the, the, the higher ground here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was funny because I moved from a larger house and I downsized and my kids and I had bought this big, huge, giant container, which really probably was meant for outside. And my kids are helping me unpack. And all of a sudden, them and their significant others, they're all looking at my container. I'm like, and the gentleman I see is six foot five. So he sat in the container. That's how big the container was. And my kids are like, are you not embarrassed? This is filled with canvases. <laughs> like, no, I'm not embarrassed at all. Look at all my treasures. <laughs> and I'm like, honest, this is my treasures, you know? And they're like, you're sick. I'm like, it's an no. I'm like, no. no, it's not, you know? So I, I have friends who put their canvases that haven't been stitched up on their walls. It's, it, it, to them, it's, it, they've just beautified their walls. <laughs> You know? No, you're not sick uh, because I'm right. I'm right there with you, and I'm. I know Beth is right there with you, and we can yes. find 500 other people who are too. So no. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. normal. Every mm-hmm. every time okay. I see somebody talk about their stash on Facebook, I always feel a lot better. You know, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not one out alone. I'm one of many. Yep. Right. Yeah, you're normal. It's quite all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just have them give us a call. We'll help them out. <laughs> so are we gonna are we gonna stay with six times or are you looking to increase that or are you in the interim gonna just have more uh, online stuff we're gonna to stay with six times um and then we're gonna be promoting a lot more with um resources on the website um that's been a work in progress they're they're you know we're having meetings constantly with the tech guy to try to even improve our website um, so no, we're going to keep, we're going to keep it the same with the six issues. You know, we just did, like I said, we added the digital, um, the newsletters will continue. Um, I just wrote the newsletter that'll go out tomorrow or, or on, went on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that'll stay the same. So I, I, for now the six issues is, is works for us. Yeah. I think it works for everybody else too, you know? Well, it yeah, can be yeah. in terms of, of sheer production, it can be enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kept the same printer that has been printing it for the last 13 years. Uh, but they're out in Oregon and we're in Staten Island, New York. So um, it has a, it's thank goodness for digital, everything being digital and, you know, technology. But I, I think I think what happens is I think if we went more than six, getting the content and having quality content would probably suffer. Yeah. Yeah. My thinking anyway, you know, it might, so. yeah. Or, or, yeah, it, it depends. I mean, you got to be able to support it. Uh, the, the financial end of it gets in the way too. Uh, 
just costs a lot of money to produce magazines. So, um, true. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you know, I, I mean, I started ages ago when we had typewriters, and I I don't <laughs> even know if I could tell you where our printer is anymore, because uh, it it I know it's moved around, and we stay with the big big umbrella company, but where it's actually printed. And it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you just send files, and it happens, and it gets mailed. And um, it really, it just doesn't matter. And that's kind of one of the beauties of it is you can – and you can do your magazine from anywhere, too. You anywhere. You don't have to sit in an office, yeah. 100%, right, yeah. 100%. The, the world has changed a great deal. Since you bought the magazine, are you still able to do some of your own stitching, or have you just been – yeah, well, my my son got engaged, so uh, he and his fiance are hoping for the same display I did for my daughter. So I've been working on her. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I I wind up I'm a late night stitcher often, so I'm up to like one thirty two in the morning. So I tend to start stitching at like nine thirty or ten, and I'll stitch for myself at that point, whether it's for them or, you know. Or for myself, I squeeze in a piece for me every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Nine thirty you know. or ten—that's when I start making mistakes and put the needles away. <laughs> I'm impressed. I kind of get on a roll at that hour of the night, so sometimes I'm up to like two, and finally I have to say, you know, I really have to go to bed. Maybe I should put the needle down for a while, you know. So, are you a monogamous stitcher? Do you just stitch on one project at a time? No, no, I, I, I should be, but I'm not. No, depends on my mood for that night. If I feel like doing big things with beads, I'll do pick up the one that I need beads on. If I feel like just doing a lot of open work, it all depends on what I'm in the mood for or what I think I need time frame, what has to get out to a finisher for the bridal showers or whatever, or, you know, that I'd like up. So it depends on my mood. I'm sure you're the same, right? I am. Yes. I have to have more than one project going at a time. But, you know, some people are monogamous, so I've got to ask, you know. They are. Uh, quite a few people that I know. Um, I had taught a notebook class in um, in Jersey, and they only stitched one project at a time. And I said, well, you know, try some of these stitches next this week until we meet next week. They're like, well, we can't. We already started our project for the week. So, you know, we're working on I would never, I have a bag full of probably about 20 projects sitting not far from where I sit in my living room. You know, I, it depends on my mood. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. so send us some phone numbers. We got to help those people. They <laughs> they need three or four things at once here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, but that's, I mean, everybody stitches the way they they feel is right, right? So, you know, it depends on the type of person you are. If you have to finish a project completely through because that's your personality, then that works, right? You know, that wouldn't work for me necessarily. No. You know? No. Just like you, you'll very rarely see tent stitching or basket weave on my pieces because I, I just find that boring. But that's me. I find that boring. You know, some people find it extremely relaxing, you know? So if yeah. I could do a space that has, like, basket weave, like – a year ago, I was doing an ornament because I did a I did a collection of ornaments for my daughter for her tree, and I did it as part of the shower display. So everything that meant something to them, I stitched on an ornament. And anything that had to do with basket weave, I picked that piece up, I put it down, I picked that piece. Up. It's more <laughs> to do that than big canvases, you know. So, but just, just it depends on your style, right? Your learning right. style and what you know your personality. 
Sounds like you really set a high bar for your son's wedding. Ouch. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I, <laughs> it was a tough, it was a tough thing to follow, but uh, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> so as long as it's appreciated and they love the pieces, that's all that matters. Yep. Now you've got this April one stitch in coming up. Tell us about that. So you know. I believe part of the job and the responsibility of Needlepoint, the magazine itself, Needlepoint Now, is to promote stitching, right, and to promote community. So I always love when people get together to stitch. I always think it's nice to speak people different who have different careers and they've been brought to stitching in different ways. And so we're going to be doing it in um, Broad Channel, Queens, uh, which is right it's right in the middle of Jamaica Bay. So it's at a yacht club and the people, everybody who comes to stitch for the day will have a beautiful view of the water and uh, it's light, it's airy. You know, we, we have a couple of millennial groups already coming in and joining us, which is great. They have clubs all over, so they're all joining us already. So it'll be day of fun and we'll have food and we'll have drinks and we'll have plenty of raffles and giveaways. And we have two shops coming um, to bring some of their items with them so that people, of course, needlepoint just have to shop. Of course. So we'll have two shops coming and, you know, um, sharing what they have to offer. It should be a lot of fun. So it'll be meeting old friends, meeting up with old friends and meeting a whole bunch of new friends. So, and building community. Sounds like a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Is, is this the first of what you hope will be uh, kind of an ongoing uh, series of these? Well, you know, one of the things that people requested was classes and workshops and stitchins, you know, so um, I've I've run a number of retreats in the past in New Jersey, and we always had a great turnout, and we had always had a lot of fun. But that was a weekend, and I think it's hard for people to do a full weekend these days. You know, life is busy, so doing full day stitchins, we'd like to do them all over the location, all over different locations, and incorporate shops from all different locations to join us. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea because that is a problem for, you know, to get away for a, a whole weekend, you know, um, if you're a young mom or if, um, you know, you've got your caregiver for somebody. A hundred percent. Or just, you know, your spouse is older and you don't want to leave them for the whole weekend because it's, right. it's a little bit of a challenge for them. You know, it's one day anybody can do, but mm -hmm. a whole weekend is a little tough for people. And we, we would lose that other group. We would lo use that, lose that younger group, those moms or newly married or, you know. So we want to incorporate everybody. So we're hoping to do it all over the country and have stores help, you know, join in with us. Right. Yeah. An yet another way to involve the stores, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, people have asked for me to do the pilgrimages. Um <laughs> And do them in different locations. It was funny. <laughs> Shops are like, when are you coming up to our area, you know? So that could be down the road once we have things under our belt. Um, but it was fun to go in and see different shops and meet. And I think, but again, that's a certain group of people, people who have that time to do a whole weekend. Right. With right. It, you know, you have to have that ability. So, right. Right. And you have to have shops close enough together. I mean, out here in um, where I live, 
you have a long drive to get from a needlepoint shop to needlepoint shop, unless you did it like in just in the Chicago area. There's right. enough. There's a concentration there, but where I live, I mean, there's just nothing. That's the right. closest. I mean, New Jersey, I could probably hit three or four shops in a day because there there's enough of them. But you're right. right. There has to be an area, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina area. I hit three shops in one one day when I was in that pilgrimage. They were close enough. There's enough shops in that area. But you would have to again, you would have to do it based on location and what was available. Same thing with Florida. We, I hit a bunch of shops in one day, but you have to have that time to do it. And you have to, you know, you know, it's, it, it serves as a certain group of people can make it and other people wouldn't be able to, you know? Right. Right. But that's just how things are. That's, that's life. Right. Right. But the day in stitching's a little bit easier for people. You could a lot mm-hmm. today. So we're hoping that that helps people. Right. Sounds good. All right. So when you sent that first issue to the printer, was it relief or excitement or a mixture? It was a mixture. We had a few computer glitches. Um, the morning we were sending it, uh, the Adobe program went down. And oh, had to So, yeah, so that was a little stressful because they told us it was all fine. But so some of the errors, the corrections we made that week didn't make, you know, didn't correct. So um, it was a little stressful, but it was a relief and it was nice to have one under our belt. And, you know, this one's a lot easier to put together, you know, a lot easier. Yep. So, it, you know, like anything else, you do it more than once and, you know, it gets a little easier each time. Yep. So, you know. Software. <laughs> Computers, good and bad. Computers, good yeah. and bad. So true. <laughs> Well, Andrea, this is, uh, boy, this is exciting times for you and for the hobby. Uh, congratulations on on uh, buying the magazine and, and getting this underway. And it sure sounds like you have a lot of exciting things on the horizon for needle pointers. That's great. Well, I thank you for having us. Yep. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing it. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you very much for both of you.